This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. The Rockhearts Bluegrass Band was formed in 2013 by five veteran musicians from southern New England. These guys all have a history of playing bluegrass music, but all agreed something clicked when they got together a little over eight years ago. After making a big splash at the IBMAs in Raleigh, North Carolina this past September, the band is headed back into the studio in April to record their sophomore project. Singer and guitarist Alex McLeod joins me on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about this emerging bluegrass band. Good afternoon, Alex. Welcome to the podcast. Great. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for being, uh, for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time uh, at the end of your day to uh, jump on the call here with us and uh, talk a little bit about um, the Rock Hearts and uh, what you guys have been up to. Um, you are um, the north part of the northern part of the country, uh, New England. Is that right? We are. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're uh, southern New England, so uh, covering Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay. Well, one of the questions I'm always curious about is if uh, if it's full time or the guys in the band have got other uh, work projects they do. And uh, we were talking offline. You're actually at the end of your work day and ready to head home. What uh, what do you do for a living outside of the music? Well, I, I tell you, I have one of the best jobs in the world. I am a high school counselor, which for some people might think it's the worst job in the world. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's certain things that, you know, you're believed you're called to do. Yeah. And without a doubt, I think I'm called to be a high school counselor. I've, I've done it 27 years. Wow. Um, and uh, it's great. And, and, of course, then it allows me to uh, to enjoy um, playing music on vacations and over sure. the summer. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I've... Uh, in the last couple of years, figured out that balance. Um, the other guys, uh, Joe is um, Joe is actually a business owner and entrepreneur, a banjo player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rick, uh, our bass player, is a retired school psychologist. Um, so there's a couple of counselors in the group yeah, that keeps right. everyone in check. Right. You know, <laughs> um, uh, our mandolin player Billy, he's actually a uh, he works in a music store, teaches music lessons, so he is around music all the time. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And then our our new fiddle player, Austin, is a, uh, a trained uh, public school music teacher who recently left his job this year um, to uh, to go to Raleigh with us. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he, he, he left his job with aspirations of creating his own online, in-person music business, teaching uh-huh. lessons, okay. advising people. So, yeah, sure. So, so we're all sort of in music in some way, in yeah. some respect. But yeah. 
Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. And and you guys, um, of course, I think I read where the band has been together since 2013. So y- you all have had some, uh, m- you've had music careers prior to putting this group together. Yes, yeah, pretty extensively. Yeah, um, okay. But, you know, we, we all agree that, you know, uh, for the first time, um, we've, we're all at this point in our in our professional music lives where we have found the perfect situation. Hmm. You know, we, we all say that um, Joey, our banjo player, says, you know what we do? We speak the same musical language, mm-hmm. whether it's goals for the band, um, objectives, uh, material arrangements, uh, you name it. There's there's absolutely no ego in the band mm-hmm. it is the most comfortable hmm. family oriented group of guys um even with the even with the original members um you know pete kelly that was our bass player um you know he's a he was a banjo player for dale ann and michael cleveland and mm-hmm. um uh, danny musher who was um with a group called chasing blue out of berkeley um and then monty mcclanahan original mandible players born and raised in Nashville that moved up here to, uh, to New England, they were all just great, great guys. And so we have, um, we have been so blessed to have, um, when they all stepped aside, just equally quality human beings mm. that, that yeah. filled their spots. And, and I think the, the, um, you know, we, I thought we had something really great, which is why we formed the band in about 2018, our mandolin player joined the group. Um, and, and that was sort of the catalyst for moving us from woodshedding and doing a couple shows to saying, let's do something more significant. Yeah. Let's go record. Um, let's put a project together. Let's make this happen. Yeah. Um, and, and that, and that happened. Um, did the, did the bulk of you guys, the original guys, even did you all travel in the same circles? How did you manage to, uh, to come together and say, Hey, let's, let's give this a try. Yeah. Well, it, it all started with Joe Dietz, the banjo player. Um, he and I had been in a band together prior. Uh, he was the last banjo player for, uh, Joe Val, who's largely considered the father of new England bluegrass. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so Joe played banjo with him and had retired for years and came back out of retirement to work with my band. Um, and so we had been playing together for about 25 years so he um, he had a birthday, and he just asked his wife, you know, uh, for my birthday, I just want to invite a few friends over and just pick, hmm. have good food, good wine, and just pick. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to be part of that equation. Um, then Pete and Monty and Danny all joined, and about seven hours of, of just a great time. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we, we decided uh, that we would all get together. Um, I had never met Pete before. Um you know, necessarily. And, and he swung in to play some bass. And I, I pulled in Danny and Monty, um, and we just filled all the, all the instrumental parts and yeah. said, let's have fun. And yeah. that's so that's, cool. that's how it started. Um, you know, and, and then it's interesting, you know, ask that question. So Bill, uh, Billy Thibodeau, our mandolin player, his, this guy is just bluegrass pedigree. He grew up from the age of nine playing mandolin with his dad. Um, his dad's name was Sam Tidwell which was his stage name uh, and his brother, Bob Tidwell, who was the bass player for Joe Val uh, uh-huh. in his one morning in May album. And um, so Bill grew up playing bluegrass. Uh, my dad was a new England bluegrass guy uh, who cut his teeth playing with um, um, Bob French, who was Joe Val's original 
banjo mm. player. Mm, that's cool. And I grew up in the military moving around, right? So my dad would always talk about his friends back in Boston that he played bluegrass with. Dave Dillon, Dr. Richie Brown, Sam and Bob Tidwell, Joe Val, Don Stover, you know, Tex Logan, like all these great guys. And I grew up hearing stories about them like they were long lost uncles I had never met, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so fast forward about 40 years, I'm playing a show. I don't have a mandolin player. I call up this guy, Bill Thibodeau. He comes down and we play music for like four hours. I knew every song he did. He knew every song I did. Wow. Singing harmonies. It was magic. Yeah. And then he left and I had never met him before. Wow. And my fiddle player at the time goes, you know, you know who his dad is, right? I said, no, I have no idea. His dad's Sam Tidwell. And oh, I thought, wow. oh my gosh, <laughs> wow. this guy's like a long lost cousin. Yeah, then, you know? full circle. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so yeah. I called him up and, and, you know, two years later, there was an opening for the band and he was there. And that just, that was just, you know, I, I, I you know, I give credit. I said, that's God's timing right sure. there. I, just, yeah. I, I really feel like so much of this band has been anointed um, and it's just been a blessing. These yeah. guys are so great to play with. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Well, I I got to see you guys um, at one of the um, showcases at, at IBMA, and you could just feel the chemistry, uh, and and could tell that you guys were in the middle and on the verge of uh, something um, greater than the you know the the all of the parts uh, were greater than the individual, and you, you could just feel that. So I, it's cool to get the rest that of the story. Yeah, well, I tell you, that's been a goal of ours is, is you know, we, we, you know, every show we'll just challenge the audience to try and have as much fun as we're having. Yeah. <laughs> you know, be, yeah. Um, well, and that, that's yeah. a good, that's a good way to, because we, I was there with my wife and, and uh, family and, and we could tell that you were having fun and yeah. there, there's, um, and there were other bands that were um, just as good Um but there were a couple that that were good, but they just didn't uh, didn't look like they were enjoying themselves. Now maybe it was they were nervous, which is always a possibility. Sure. Um, but you could you could tell that that, that you guys um, had a there, there was a there was a chemistry, there was a magic, something going on. And uh, I, I looked at my wife and I said, you know, we got to follow up with these guys because um, uh, I, I just it just seemed like. And then of course, as you were telling these stories on the stage, it sounded like you guys. We're in a forward uh, trajectory anyway with uh, with what you're up to and, and and hopefully planning to to grow from there. So it's awesome that, that you guys yeah. have found that. Raleigh Raleigh was really amazing world of bluegrass and and we were so thankful. You know we we applied last year uh, and we didn't get in and and the project you know the Sorry Southern Nights project was doing really well on the charts and we just like okay well you know let's just keep going at it and and in the end you know you look back and you go what a blessing. Like that, yeah. you know, um, that we were able to go in person and perform for people in person and see people. And it just, again, it just worked out not the way we planned it, but, but yeah. someone else planned it for us. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah, that's and, awesome. Yeah, and so we, we did. We had a great time, and the feedback has been so positive since then that, um, you know, we thought that maybe next summer or next fall would would start our sophomore project well we're actually booked to go to go into studio in April. Wow, that's um, great. So, so right now we're we're really excited about um, you know really um, we'd like to try and feature songwriters from the New England area mm -hmm. just to really share that New England mm -hmm. bluegrass. You know, Rick Lang, right? Sure. Multi Grammy oh, yeah. Yeah. nominated guy, and 
he's a dear friend and um, and um, you know Ted DeMille up in Maine and Stan Keach uh, that's co-written some songs with Bill uh, Thibodeau in the band um, so there's some really great rich music that I think the rest of the country hasn't been exposed to yeah. and so we really like to try and uh, embrace that and, and feature some of the songwriters as long as it, you know it fits our sound sure yeah so that's that's the kind of goal for our next project um, so we're really really excited so right now we're just we're working on uh, new material. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. You mentioned your sound. Do you have a, without trying to pigeonhole what you do, it's different. It's bluegrass, and it's it's mostly uh, traditional. But there's a different there's a different flavor to it. Do you do you yeah. guys have a a label for it or I'm assuming there's an intention behind it. Uh, the style that you created. Yeah. You know, it, I don't think it's, there's intention. I think it's all that we gravitate and are attracted to a certain feel. Uh-huh. Um, and so the one thing that we always enjoy about being in this group is that we always seem to be in the pocket, yeah. whether it's a hard driving traditional number, it's a swing number, it's a bluesy number, it's a slow waltzy number. There's this connection between the mandolin and the bass that Billy and Rick provide. Now with Austin kind of creating that chucking instrumentation for the fiddle, Uh it really just allows the other musicians to, you know, sort of explore and have fun. And they don't have to worry about keeping the rhythm because it's so, Mm. you know, it's so in in, in the pocket. Mm. Um, I think we, we all love... You know, we all love Flatt and Scruggs, Bill Monroe, but we would all say, like, you know, Osborne Brothers, um, Flatt and Scruggs certainly were, were J.D. Crow, right? The big, huge influences mm-hmm. for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, even with their music, there was always a little experimentation, um, you know, and, and so we try and play that traditional leaning bluegrass with a sprinkle of experimentation, Um and we always have fun with sort of the swingy, bluesy sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, that really is, it's a lot of fun, and, and the guys just go crazy playing their, their breaks on it, and, and it lends for really super um, three-part harmonies. Yeah. And um, so I'd say we're probably leaning in, in more of that direction, um, but we also we also really like to try and harvest songs from non-bluegrass genres. Mm-hmm. You know, my feel is that they were bluegrass songs. It's just that the original writer didn't realize they were. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. You know, right? So yeah. when you think like, you know, um, Buffy St. Marie, you know, or, uh, you know, how many people have covered a Towns Van Zant song sure. or a Bob Dylan tune? And right. So for me, like, you know, Towns Van Zant, uh, uh, don't take it too bad on, on the project. Mm-hmm. It's just a song that's always spoken to me. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, the next project, you know, some classic old country tune. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of great writers out there, and their music just screams bluegrass. Yeah, yeah. They just weren't bluegrass people. So. Yeah, right. I, I love it when a band will pull a cover um, from uh, even, even especially the 80s um, uh, kind of rock scene and put their own bluegrass spin on it. I, I think the audience really... Uh, you know, a lot of the audience, uh, I guess the, the median age of the audience is in that uh, from that decade anyway. But there seems to be a real 
appreciation when a band will will step outside the traditional bluegrass uh, what what's expected and pull something in like that and and really give it a new interpretation it, it's it's adds a new dimension to it yeah and and that you know that that's uh 99 year blues the one of the songs on our album was a big hit for the band called hot tuna oh yeah okay right <laughs> and um and then our buddy ted demille great musician up in maine um recrafted some of the lyrics and then pitched the song to us and yeah. so that was and 99 year blues was a really well received tune uh on this most recent project so yeah i would agree yeah right, are you yeah. guys writing any of your own material yeah uh so on on that project um there are several um so the title track <clears throat> starry southern nights was a song that i wrote um about you know the uh, older guy dancing with the memory I of his life i love that video oh yeah, yeah. It's, uh, man it's hard not to watch that and not get emotional <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah you know and and that's kind of a true story yeah um you know that song came about from after i had returned from nashville where i was living there for a little while i came home and I saw that scene unfold on a dance floor uh, at, a, at at this place that had live bluegrass. And, yeah. and I thought, you know, someone could look at that scene and go, okay, this guy's out dancing by himself on the dance floor. Time to go home, buddy. I think you've had one too many. Uh-huh. But, man, I, my heart just got soft at this moment. And I looked at the scene and I said, maybe there's something else. Yeah. Maybe there's something bigger. And so I just had this little movie play out in my head wow. and that night i went home and wrote down the lyrics i had this melody that came to me that was just so fitting and by 2 a.m that song was done wow That's and awesome. i it was just a blessing because yeah. i'm not i wouldn't say i'm a writer yeah but but the song touches people um a lot of folks the song resonates they connect with it when we went down to record the album in, in nashville we stopped at the uh, Brandywine Friends of, of Old Time Music, and we did the show, and there was a group, probably about 60, 70 people, and the first couple rows were, were a lot of you know um, older gentlemen and, and their spouses. Uh-huh. Halfway through the song, we looked down. The first two rows, they're all crying, wow. men, women, <laughs> and we thought, oh, my gosh, like, this song's pretty powerful. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, and then the video came about. That's... The video was actually produced by our banjo player's daughter, okay, wow, who, who cool. was a self-taught videographer during yeah. COVID. Oh wow! Um, so she actually filmed both the Smoky Mountain Smoke video as well as the Starry video. Yeah. That was um, that was Tori Dietz, um, and then uh, Whispering Waters uh, was a tune that Bill Thibodeau wrote with uh, Stan Keach. Um, the juxtaposed the the banjo instrumental mm-hmm. was was written by by Joe Dietz. Um, so yeah, so there's there's a few originals. On, I think there's four or five originals okay. on there, and um, and I think for this new project, there's probably, I would say at least half of them are going to be originals by band members. Yeah, that's great. Do you have a name yeah. for it yet? The new one? Uh, for the new album? Yeah. No, we 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 actually last night, in fact, we we were having sort of band meetings, and we have about eighteen songs that we're sort of calling through and, yeah. and listening to, and really trying to feel. You know, do you do you feel it? Like, yeah. is there an instant feel? Do you have to listen to it a couple times and, and, and then figure out how we can form it to our sound? And so, um, yeah. So right now we're just we're just scheduling time to um, to get together and 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 just work through some pieces and, and sort of make them our own. So we're looking probably you know probably a twelve or thirteen song album. Okay. 
you know, the the first one, of course, was was only eight songs. Right. Um, but it had originally only been scheduled to be four songs. <laughs> um, but just the way it worked yeah, out on, yeah. on the way down to Nashville, you know, our mandolin player Bill got sick and uh, lost his voice. Oh, and man. he's our he's our high tenor singer. Yeah. So we said, well, you know, we have time in the studio. Let's use it wisely. So we ended up laying down tracks for eight songs. And uh, thankfully, Joe, and um, this is, you know, in the fall of 2019, in January of 2020, Joe and Bill went back down to Tennessee uh, and finished up the album. Yeah, so, okay. Wait, and, uh, you anticipate that uh, be out, what, uh, fall? That's well, it? you know, yeah, I'm hoping, you know, if we go down in April and we like what we have um, between the editing uh, and then the you know mastering and then whatnot, you know I would love to push it so that we could get it out sometime in the summer. Yeah, okay. Um, because you know the the success this year is, is has uh, brought about a number of festival um, you know appearances for us for for next year twenty two and yeah. twenty three. Okay. Um, and so you know um, yeah we're just excited <laughs> to, yeah, to get great. Out the new project, but. So um, will most of your um, most of your festival run be regional, or, or do you plan on getting out across the United States? Well, that's you know when we were in Raleigh, we were talking um, to a number of different associations, right. and, and we're not you know we would love to. We, we are playing several um, several of the largest festivals up here in the Northeast, um, but you know we're we're not opposed to traveling. Mm -hmm. um, we. we None of us really want to be on the road for 20 days on end. Right. But, yeah. you know, we would love to be able to figure out can we string, um, you know, three shows together on a five day tour somewhere, yeah. whether California yeah. or, you know, great. We met some great folks from CBA when we were in North Carolina. Yeah. Met some great folks from Arkansas uh, that, that, you know, kind of promote around the Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas area. Um, and so we would love to pull together you know, three or four shows on maybe a five, six day stretch somewhere. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, it'd be a lot of fun. And, and, um, you know, because we all still have family back home and, right. um, yeah. you know, in jobs. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's the kind of goal. So okay. we're just trying to figure out now, yeah. you know, what that will look like. And, um, but we definitely are geared up to, to make a lot more appearances, um, you know, in the next couple of years. So for those listeners that uh, haven't heard you guys yet, what's the best way to uh, check out some of your videos, maybe get a, a copy of the album that's currently out? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, certainly uh, rockheartsbluegrass at gmail.com is our, is our contact information. Um, our face, uh, I mean, our, our website is rockheartsbluegrass.com. We're on Facebook, you know, um, Facebook forward slash uh, rockheartsbluegrass. And um, and so if folks want a CD, by all means, uh, we can we can take care of that. Uh, just shoot me an email, um, and then we'll we'll handle that transaction. Cool. And I, we're still kind of handling it. Um, yeah. You know, we 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 don't uh, we haven't quite outsourced a, an online store or anything yet. Um, but uh, and then you know, if folks want to see this uh, some videos, by all means, that'd be great. Um, they're they're on our website. Uh, we're on YouTube. Our music can be downloaded on every music platform out there apple music spotify and and whatnot um so it's out there and it's available so absolutely and and you know too we just love hearing from folks 
yeah. you know, uh, we've been able to make some really great connections, you know, out in Oregon and yeah. Arizona and awesome. Ireland, you know, it's, yeah. it's really Netherlands. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, uh, That's cool. That's cool. it's super exciting. It was, you know, when you, when you're a small band, you know, and, and you, you know, when we debuted on the charts on the bluegrass today charts, I think we're number 14 and we looked at the list and we thought we're the only band on here that isn't signed to a label. <laughs> That's so that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty cool, you know. Yeah. And we're a small little band from from New England. Yeah, not not quite considered the hotbed of bluegrass, right. although there is a vibrant bluegrass scene here. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so we were thinking that's pretty pretty darn cool. So when we were in Raleigh, there was a young gal walking by our our, our setup, and she goes, "Oh, you're Rock Hearts." And we said, "Yeah, we are." Where are you from? And she's a student at Morehouse. Huh. And she goes, you know, I've been really digging that 99-year blues song. <laughs> and we're thinking, wow, here's a college student yeah. in Kentucky that has heard of us. Yeah, that's cool. You know, and, and, and it was, at that moment, it was a pretty humbling experience. Yeah, that's, um, that's neat. You know, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Well, I, I dig your music, too. I, I think it's really cool. I, I hadn't heard you in, until IBMA, but uh, that's a great place. Uh, there's a couple of events like that. There's a great place to to expose people to what you guys are up to. And so I certainly wish you the best with it. And I'm excited to hear what you're working on uh, with the new project and, um, and much success to you guys when you get out this summer too. Man, well, we appreciate that. We appreciate you and, and, you know, the opportunity to meet and, and talk and um, yeah, we're super excited about this year as well. And, 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 you know, if, if we can, man, we want to get out there and we want to see as many, many people as possible, but Hopefully, uh, you know, the folks that are down in Tennessee, um, in the Virginia area, when we come down in April, um, I think we're going to be working on a couple shows down there. Very cool. So uh, just look look for the uh, look for the heads up, and we'd okay. love to see everyone come out. Yeah, great. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it, too. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions, and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts 
or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.